Hello and welcome. This is What You Asked For, the podcast that answers your questions when you do ask them. Um, We just answer our own questions in the meantime. I'm your curator, C.M. Morrison, and this is a bonus episode. This is an extra, and I'm joined by a special guest. My name is J.G. Wood. J.G. Wood. And we're continuing the theme of love from our third episode. And we're just freeballing it. We're just going to have a conversation, see what comes out of this. And we we do have a specification, though. We are going to... You, we talked about it before. Would you like to introduce basically what we're going to talk about tonight? I did love. Yeah, but more specifically, we're talking philosophically as... Well, you're there. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to look at the the, uh, the philosophical perception of love. So can love be ignored? Can love uh, be ex- exhausted? Can love be something that is primarily something that is no longer part of our lives? So we're going to get into the deep fields of love, where sure. in the, our last episode we talked more superficially around it, yeah. uh, Valentine's Day and St. Valentine's and, the, and that sort of you aspect of it. Perhaps? Well, not generalising, we're just sort of looking at um, a, a loose history of, sure. uh, of of the beginnings thereof and we just... And, and some antidotes are around our experiences. This is more the philosophical yeah. deep dive on love. Okay. So, All right, would, you, so would you like to begin? With, you, I know you've been thinking about this for a while. Ah, uh, yeah. And you've got some thoughts and you've got some things you want to share. So, correct. Kick us off. Let's. Well, let's you did invite me to, to talk about the subject and I put some ideas together. So, basically, I'm, I understand that. Valentine's Day is around the corner, so I thought it'd be interesting to look at uh, the other side of love. So, not just you know, <laughs> a bouquet of flowers and uh, the fairy tale perception, but yeah, the deeper stuff. You know, mm. without sounding like a, a list of cliches. You know, um, for example, you know, love can be complicated. Love can be uh, something that creates a lot of conflict. Love can be amazing. Love can be something that uh, we can't live without. So we're talking about real love here. We're talking yeah. about lived love as opposed to fantasy love or idealistic love. Yeah, we're you talking were talking about, about love of things, I believe. Oh, uh, well, we were talking... Well, yeah, in the last conversation, there was a love of things because I guess we, we talked about... Um, because Laura Dern was a part of that conversation, and that was really just a a a platform to talk about Star Wars and my love of of Star Wars and Daniela's yeah. love for Star sure. Wars as well. I, um, so that's I guess that's a love of things. But yeah, we'll we'll pretty um, I guess you could say we were fairly superficial when we had that conversation. But we're you're wanting a a more juicy yeah. discussion because we... that's that, that's what you're 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 a, you're a deep thinker you you like to get into the well, the meat and bones of usually what we do we, that's we what have... yeah then that's true that's what yeah. we do so i was going to go down that path i was going to 
Yes. Look at the things that we... Well, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I thought we should take a different, a different perspective. Well, we've already introduced it that way. Why don't we yeah. start there and just see where it goes? And sure. that's, I, think, I guess, when I said at the, the no, top of the, of the episode is that we are freeballing it, is that we... Yeah. I, I probably misrepresented it a bit there was there is a, a plan there is some ideas that are in place but there's latitude to sure. go wherever and if we go completely off the topic of love then then so be it that's how a conversation goes if we stick to the theme then that's cool too okay all right all right so uh let, let's look at uh complicated love uh to start with Complicated so, love. As in relationships. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. I'll ask the question to you. So, do you think that if if we didn't have love in our lives, mm. if we lived in, for example, a futuristic dystopian world? Oh, Okay. Well, let's, let's... Who's, who's dystopian world? Are we going uh, uh, 1984? Yeah, I was, I was thinking uh, you, you would choose that, but no, I think, like, let's go all the Brave New between. World. Brave, yeah, Brave New World. So, why not? We've, we've expelled love. Right. It's, it's becoming emotionless. It's more mechanical. Um, let's just say love has been deemed as a superfluous... Distraction. Distraction from everyday life. Right. Would it make things easier? A, a world without love. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm speaking purely between people. Between... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pe- a, a world without um, yeah. human love. Yeah. And, and, and it being a conscious... Uh, a, uh, maybe a choice or, or, or a sanction of sorts, whether that's sure. coming from... Up above uh, a government or whatever. Exactly. I mean, if it's so infor- an enforced yeah. non-love philosophy. Maybe I should I, put, I should put some more background in. Okay. So, for example, let's pretend in this this dystopian world that women have decided that men are no longer needed. Oh, we're getting there. To yeah. Okay. Right. So women can procreate without yeah. us. Yeah. Um, They've now decided that, well, we, we just cause a lot of problems anyway. We make the house dirty and... Um, but we open jars. And we do, we, we do open jars, but they now And have, we can reach the top shelf. But they now have uh, a, let's just say, Android robot, something like that. Oh, they can do those things. Um, they can lift the sofa and yeah. you know, move the furniture around. Open those jars. And We've been replaced by a machine, essentially. We have. And now... It's industry. <laughs> it's been deemed that all these emotions that go into love hmm. cause so many problems that it's just they're not economic exactly. they're not um... well not even not even that I'm just saying like, in this world this dystopian existence in the future right it's just seen as a problem so we're almost playing hypothetical here yeah sure yeah to start with yeah it's a hypothetical question I love that show by the way which one's the hypotheticals with Great. what's his name? Don't digress. No, Stick no, but question. no, no, but what's his name though? The guy who used to host the show, he was brilliant. I loved him. He kind of looked like the guy from Pink Floyd. Which one, Sid Barrett? No, not Sid Barrett. Um, uh, the other guitarist, the one that replaced Sid Barrett. Oh. David. Yeah. Gilmore. 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 
Can I remind me of David Gilmore? Anyway, I used to love that show. Um, it's, yeah, so as a philosophical thought experiment, what would it be like? Uh, well, I think we have literature to fall upon a bit to to explore those ideas. And exactly. As a, there are films, there is literature. Yeah, yeah. Take your pick. There's some you good use, stuff. You can use something as, a, as an example. Well, I think of Equilibrium. Have you ever seen that movie? Okay. We have Christian Bale... Yes. Um, and it is a 1984-type world, and yes. they uh, uh, it's a society that's very controlled by a Big Brother-type entity, but he's they call it Father an, or something. An assessor or something. He goes out and He's destroys. a cleric, they call cleric. it. Cleric, that's it. And um, he goes out and he has a... They have a knack of discerning whether people yeah. are... Uh, hiding essentially it's art art is a form of expression mm. um, and I suppose you could call it a form of love in a sense um, sure. that is repressed it's not encouraged it's destroyed so literature for example or classic works of art are deemed unlawful because they create an, an emotion react reaction that is not sure. uh, indicative of what the the dictative government, wants they want complete control and submission and everyone takes a little drug injected in their neck which keeps them compliant and the cleric's job is to go out he's like the detective if you like so he's the police force he has his stormtroopers if you like but he's the he's the brains who works out whether people are lying or where where they're they're hiding their their things so if we we change that Turn the that uh, the the love that that art into love, sure. make that a thing, um, and we use that instead and look at, say, the example of equilibrium. We see that character in that in that example for deciding want that they want to feel they don't want to be numb anymore. That we have a instinctive drive in us to love, which also takes me to wanting to go to right to the beginning and wanting to define love what is love essentially what is it chemically what is it um on a human level why do we need this attachment to other beings and maybe it's a a a species thing maybe that's part of our evolution that's how we've evolved um we are primates and we've yeah, we've, we've developed into these these creatures. Even though we've become the naked ape, we still have the, that need of community and connection. And the way that we connect is through various acts that we call love. Sure. And they're, they're somewhat social. And they do something to our internal biology that makes us need it. But is it, it a drug, maybe? An internalised dopamine that we, 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 we need. Okay, so, yeah. So by suppressing it um, in your in your version, in your example of a dystopia, are we just not, aren't we just going to naturally rebel because it's artificial to what we actually okay. are well, that's, built, that's to, built to desire? This is rendered as a form of expanded. But the main point is, would it be right to do that? Is, is love something that we 
we don't need. I'm not talking about the love for or the child. I'm talking about the love between a romantic love. Yeah. Yeah. Between yeah uh, two two individuals. Uh, monogamic. Whatever. That's Extend- that's a loaded yeah. question too because uh, are we? I don't necessarily. I, I, I personally, but um, you know that's what saying, we do because okay. it's just again. I think it is economic. Turn it into two two people. Okay, it's been deemed that that love should no longer be expressed sure. because it causes too many problems. Yeah. Do you think that would be a good decision? I don't know. Let let you answer the question first. No, yeah, 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 but you answer and because I'm, I'm worried I'm going to jump around again. So, <laughs> yeah, don't jump around. Going to an example, and then what he did for me was wanting to go back to understanding what the why we had the need in the first place, and can it be suppressed? But then I think you're asking something a bit more specific. So we're going back to that again. Okay, it's it's suppressed through. Um, Let's just say there's, there's a form of, of, of drug, Prozac type. So similar to the equilibrium yeah. uh, example. Absolutely. Right. And, you know. Well, like I said, well, in that example, with that particular character. You'd be right to do that. They, they, they rebel because they decide that it's, it's, far, it's more, far more deserving, it, it, it's far more desirable to feel than to numb oneself, even if that meant certain death. Um, and so from a personal point of view, mm. I, I, it's, it would be really hard to say. I would I would want to think um, I would prefer, in that example, the character's choice. But again, that would be a scary world to live in because we're, if we're talking about a big brother type world you where you're watched 24-7. It doesn't um, have to be a Big Brothers type situation. It's just um, it's a conscious choice that's been made by the populace. Oh, so we. Oh, sorry. I think I might have misunderstood. So the 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 collective have decided right down with love. Yep. All right. Okay. So that changes the game. So yeah, I, I yeah, think I, I think I, I've misunderstood the question. I know because I, I said dystopian world, but I'm yeah. saying like. Okay. So when I go dystopia, I go naturally. We're we're being suppressed. Yeah. And we're not. We're it's, we've decided. It's been right, decided. We're done. People's referendum. It's been decided, and everyone said. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's a completely different deal. You know what? Well, give us your take. What What would be your take on that on that scenario? Would Would life be simpler without it? Uh, perhaps. I mean, it's a philosophical perception. Okay. Imagine living a life without. It. The stresses and the the intensity of a relationship. You know, you could focus on other things. I mean, I, would it be wrong to live in a world without these feelings? I think it's interesting to to philosophize about this. So perhaps I mean, it takes up so much energy mm. when you think about it. I mean. <laughs> the amount of embarrassing and ridiculous things that I've done because of love uh, and said, uh, well, that could be all avoided 
We've all done it. Would you like to give some examples? Not really. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just talking about, you know, I'm talking about... Maybe you should. Through that could be an I'm interesting conversation. Through life. I'm talking about, you know, from teenager yeah. to... Oh, well, who hasn't, though? We present. all have, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We've done some ridiculous things. Absolutely. To get the affections of another. Absolutely. And fallen... Failure. Yeah, just complete failure. Oh, yeah. Fallen short. So I'm saying, you know, that would be eliminated. So, and then, of course, there's the actual relationship, the living relationship, which is uh, very hard. And I I think, I I can't remember exactly who quoted, who made the assumption that we are constantly trying to understand the other, the other member, the other partner. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if it was Socrates. I'm not sure. Okay. Perhaps. Yeah. It sounds like something. That, something Socrates. that sounds. He would do something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure that if anyone listens to this, uh, which I'm hoping they do, a philosophy. Well, you've got friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a philosophy student out there somewhere might go. No, it wasn't Socrates. It was. Uh, well, if, if if they know, they can always email they, us they can. at, at askforpodcasts. And inform us. Askforpod, rather, yeah. at hotmail.com or at our social media, if you just search askforpod. Facebook, Twitter, as I should make, Instagram. Make clear, right? I Snapchat. Didn't, I didn't study philosophy. I, I studied classics and everyone's going, why didn't you study philosophy? You studied classics. Study classic yeah, that's history. the first question they have, clearly. So why didn't he study cl- philosophy? Rather than While he was studying classics, because it's pretty close. Well, you know, yeah. that's what our listenership are, are asking themselves. Why did you, John? Uh, I was reading books about ancient cities. Yeah. You got of... too caught up with classics. You neglected your philosophy. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> my point is, we've spent a lot of time trying to figure out the other person and uh, I think the percentage of time is is ridiculous. I mean, it's it's something like forty percent of our thought process goes through. I wonder what you know. But you stuff. you you make um, relationships sound no, no, like no. they. This is they, just they, a they hypothetical spend... question. Yeah, but but in your hypothetical question, you make relationships sound exhausting. Ah, now this is where you're supposed to cut in and say, no, it's not. There's amazing things about relationships. Oh, I'm you're sorry. Doing, you're doing Hang a poor on. job. Okay. Oh, I'm doing a poor job. All right. Yeah, you're supposed um, to be the reporter. Uh, being me. Um, sorry, John. Um, <clears throat> rubbish, you're supposed to say. Rubbish. Um, what I meant to say was what you said just before. <laughs> what you wanted me to say, so... Uh, Counter-argument, come on. Give give your answer to what you said. Clearly, you've had, too, clearly you've had too much rum. No, and... not enough. Clearly, I've not had enough. <laughs> we'll get some more rum. No, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. Okay, so basically you're supposed to reply and say something like, well, you were on the right track. You were saying... Well, in a conversation, John, I'm not sure if you're aware, Some th- just things happen and you can't always predict or expect a certain reaction from were, the, the other person. You There's, were replying. You just, you just have a, a flow of connective consciousness and you see what happens but if there's something you want to say no, you, s- you, you say you just you just say it so what do you want to say john i'm aware of how what, 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 what do you want to what do you want to say no 
You're there's, there's, no, because there's, there's something you want me to say. I'm not saying it, but just, so you just say it. No, you're supposed to shoot me down. So you know. I don't want to shoot you down. Why would I want to shoot you down? Because I'm saying I'm making relationships sound terrible. You're supposed to say they're good. Well, I was. I was saying that. Yeah, I was. I yeah. was. I was yeah. saying from that perspective, um, you're making relationships sound terrible. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Right. And. Back it up. I don't know. I was just reiterating what you're. I was, I was summing up what you were saying and I was delivering it back to you to see what you would come, what your reply would be. And your reply was, that's, you didn't like my answer and I was supposed to say something else. No, I was just giving you some, some, well... This is turning help. into an argument, not a conversation. No, no. I was giving those uh, loose facts about, you know, how relationships are perceived. Yeah. And now, I was hoping you would say something. Don't go too quiet because we won't be able to pick you up. Sorry. And I was hoping that you would reply and say, well, you know, relationships do offer certain things. That a life without... Oh, no, and I, I, I agree with that. A life without I, love I agree be... with that sentiment that yeah. relationships do, but I was coming back to what it appeared that you were saying about relationships mm. were... If, if we dull, dull them down, mm. if we get rid of the complications, yeah. we somehow simplify them, that it would be less energy put into getting to know one another, more energy into other things. So to me, it was almost sounding like the relationships that you were explaining were more complicated than relationships in my head, at least, should be. Mm. Um, not to say that I've not had my share of complicated relationships. God damn, I have. We have. But but and I certainly I get I get that. But at yeah. the same time, it's like um, that's they they would be poor examples of healthy relationships. Sure. Is there is there an example of that that healthy relationship that is perfect? No, I think you discard the word perfect sure. out of the vocab okay. in anything because as soon as you put the the yoke of perfect on anything, then that you've created an, an impossible yeah. um, uh, benchmark. So why do that? Like, for example, um, cliche uh, when women talk about women like I know women talk about or when people talk about their perfect partner that they they have certain attributes or or um whatever Mm. and that there's there almost becomes a a, an impossible list that nobody could possibly ever ever fit unless there were some sort of deity and even then I think they'd have their limitations um so uh, it, it, it to have uh, perfect is subjective. It should be subjective because there should obviously there's a sense. Of, okay, well, this needs. I need to feel safe. I need to be feel respected or be respected. I need to be heard. I need. Um, there's things you need on a human level, and to from my point of view, at least, that should just be a given. That doesn't need to have a conversation. That 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 is just part of 
healthy human relationships. Sure. I need not to be hit, for example. Okay, that shouldn't need to be discussed. That should just be <laughs> all right. Well, we don't. We just don't do that. We don't hit each other. Let's. Why? Why? Why is this even on the table? You know, there's yeah, just some yeah, things sure. that are just accepted, right? Yeah, yeah. That as understood as being part of a relationship, part of right. a a emotional contract, if you like. You know, I, I'm 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 attracted to you. You're looking all right. I'm liking what you're selling. Um, you clearly <laughs> like what I'm selling too. Yeah, sure. Um, and we're buying into a contract of sorts where we understand that we have our backs. We have each other's backs, and you know, with that will be you know some 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 benefit to ourselves, which they may be physical and or emotional, etc. Okay. So oh, that's interesting. You, you talked about the that initial meeting with someone and your first impressions. I mean, someone, someone might be listening to this and saying, okay, well, that's just a whole moment. The one person listening. Yeah. The one person Josh, listening. Josh, it's Josh. Perhaps Josh, Josh will say. Yeah. Okay, hi Josh. <laughs> that's just a hormonal response, you know. Oh, no doubt, maybe it is, yeah. maybe it is a hormonal So we get beyond that. And so we are also slaves to our biology, are we not, to a certain degree? Uh, is that not why we love? Well, that's the thing. Like, so, yeah. is love a real emotion? Is it just something that is it? Is it just something we think is happening? Is it? You know, so, but can we not do that with all feelings? Then, can we not celebrate that? Are they really real, or are they just reactions that we have based upon our? evolution of survival we feel anger because that's how we survive if we're not angry then mm. we're not displaying dominance if yeah. we don't feel sadness then how do we mourn or how do we show how do we show remorse if we don't feel love then how do we show affection or a connectedness to our to our tribe or to allow to our group sure um I, perhaps love is the next is the next phase that actually true love is something that comes out of that emotional feeling. But are, are we going back to right to the beginning? Are we where we talk about? Are, are we are we are we questioning the the usefulness of love or? Yeah, that that, that was the original question. It's like, you know, if we were to, to get away, you know, to take away this this uh, emotion. Yeah. Would it make life easier? That's simply the, the and, I guess, um, and when yes I was no. first answering that, and I don't think it's a yes or no answer. Well, it can be, it can be, and but it just becomes void of definition. Um, you can say yes, but to what cost, and no to what cost, because there are, would be some costs as we know it, as we understand love, sure. as we've experienced it. Maybe, right. and maybe there are benefits that when we haven't explored because we've never actually had to cut it off we we see it when we think of say the maslow's um hierarchy of needs yeah right well that that's well that, it's there isn't it that was the, my next Food, step shelter well um you know what's it oh there's five yeah i know yeah I know love's there yeah sure. there's experiments done with um infants when they're not given affection well, let's, and let's look at people apparently with... they've died well, now, I, I can't back this up. I don't have of people sources that, that have actually decided to to uh, 
just they've they've made that conscious decision to become oh gee, I can't find the word. They no longer need it. They no no longer need to be in our world of needs. I'm, I'm not sure. So, for example, like, uh, well, a monk, for example. Someone oh, okay, yeah, all right, made sure. made a conscious decision yeah. to no longer associate themselves with, yeah, yeah. with our, with our Yeah, like world. the Tibetan monks. Yeah, for example, yeah, yeah, I used yeah. those Tibetan monks before, before we started recording. Yeah, yeah, we had a brief yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned they have made a conscious decision that um, they will rechannel their emotions towards something else, for example, the love of all life, rather than the love of an individual. But still love, though, they're just redirecting it, yeah? Sure, but the, the question at heart was, you know, if we push that emotion out of our, our consciousness, it doesn't make our existence easier. And, for example, uh, monks, Tibetan monks, for example, they go through a process of of meditation to purify their minds. And so when they meditate, do do you know what they're doing? Like, is it uh, is it is it envisioning something? Is it saying something? Is it, what's the process going it's, on? I, I assume, and what I understand is, it's purifying the mind. And so, so just just being blank or clear? No, or? a greater sense of consciousness. Right. To to, to connecting to a. They don't well, have a god, do they? they well, no, but the, the idea is to, to create a greater sense of, of consciousness. Nirvana is the the greatest sense of consciousness. Um, so I think okay. So again, if anyone listens, they can correct me. And that is something that will allow them to to reach a pinnacle the pinnacle yeah so anyway okay. but yep. the, the main point is uh, if they do slide towards carnal pleasures or, or have a feeling it sounds so fundamental Christian it does well, backsliding it, to well, it, human it, affections that's that's the way that are there Tibet monks that you know go visit the whole house or not? well it's not it so must much, be it must it's be. not so much that it's about you know um they might meet for example just they might meet someone on a pilgrimage somewhere and feelings will evolve so one of the things that <laughs> the the monks try to do is they will try and explain to the to, to the monk that it's just kind of pleasure that they're lusting for. It's something that they don't yeah. need. You know, it's it's a pleasure that they're after. Yeah. So you know, it's explained to them, and and they go to. Um, and a trusted elder who who will then explain to them that you know this is something that that they need to experience and then make a decision for themselves and they may even leave ding, ding. the monastery 
Mm. And they may even stop being a monk for a while. Yeah, sure. And they'll make the decision to, yeah. to either leave or come back. So, yeah, and when when you're talking like that, I mean, you can extend that to a lot of religious thoughts mm. and or, or ideals where, you know, the, having any person you know, personal relationships with any human being or intimate relationships with other people is a distraction to the greater work or whatever you want to call it, the connection to a consciousness or connection to God or a, a spiritual pilgrimage of, or purity of sorts. Um, and what tends to be the trend there, or at least one that we hear of, is that that doesn't seem to be ready-made in our DNA, we 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 kind of we want that connection because a lot of people break those rules. Okay, all right. Well, and I, I can't talk for the Tibetan monks, but certainly. <laughs> well, the Tibetan no, monks are we, a long we, way we, from home. If we talk about Catholic churches, for example, we may um we might have a different com- conversation. Well, I mean they. The same rules are exhibited there as well. You know, so monks live in a monastery. They are supposed to be celibate. Um, sexuality is deemed as a subversive feeling. And in the past, especially, you know, in you know, ancient monasteries. Which must be confusing because then you got to wonder, well, why do I have this thing between my legs? Well, precisely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, yeah. it's so obviously there for a purpose. They don't punish and... themselves severely for having any, any carnal urges. Yeah. You know, flagellation, flagellation was, was a common cure for Well, they're using the wrong member, aren't they? And well, they just... Flagellate a bit below and they might feel a bit better. Maybe possibly. Uh, it, it, to me, that just sounds like um suppress suppressing your your natural inclinations sure um because we are built to to procreate yeah that's what it's for or at least practice yeah um but we're digressing again so but um, that's what that's the conversation indeed hang on the maze will kill me give me the poison this was socrates yeah and he just said where was he gonna go i mean that was a pretty Pretty uh, harsh sort of view of the rest of Greece. I'm pretty sure he would have found a pretty nice home in Thebes or Corinth. You know, there's a lot of nice cities in ancient Greece. But he was like, "What the fuck? You taking? You sending me out of Athens? Give me the poison." Now, I I get my um, ancient philosophers mixed up sometimes. So, was Socrates? He was like, was he like the the poor man? Philosopher was he the wanderer? No, philosopher. He he was the what you could you could call the father of all of modern philosophy. Because we don't have actually any writings from Socrates. These oh, we, are retellings from. No, no, he wrote sure. Which is the which is the the philosopher that we know of, but is isn't documented. Oh, that would be. It's not Aristotle. Um, it was one of it was one of the pupils of the philosopher, and he he himself doesn't have any documented, even in fact any documented evidence that he existed. But we know of him through his students writing, who's also a famous Greek philosopher. Okay, and yeah. this is where I get muddled. The one of the three, 
No, I thought no, it was so- Socrates, but I'm No, Socrates is quite well in in respect to classical Greece, he's sort of later. He yeah. lived during the Peloponnesian Wars. Right. So that was a war between Sparta and Athens. Okay. Right? It was a big, big, big war. That was um, a regular thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't like each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So his one of his friends was Archibaldus. Archibaldus was like this super general. Yeah. And they were they were good mates. And Archibaldus was like he was philosophical, but he was also talented at war. What was his name? Archibaldus. Al Al yeah A L K B I A D E S Archibaldus. Yeah. So he was the one that engineered the idea of extending the Athenian Empire to Sicily. So Sicily, there were Greek colonies all through Italy. Yeah. People don't realise this. They go to Italy today and they go, right. wow, fuck, these temples are amazing. Yeah. They're better Greek remains in Italy than they are in Greece. Wow. No, I didn't even... No, I, that, I've learnt something new tonight. There you go. So if you go to the south... So are there like ruins? Like, fuck yeah. Huge temples. Really? Absolutely. You go to the Parthenon, you go, wow, that's awesome. You go to Italy, you see that times 10. They're everywhere. Really? Because they spread out all through the southern tip of Italy, like the foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the foot. Boot, yep, yep. And Sicily. Right. Sicily, there's like, there's a place called the Valley of the Temples, which is near... So you've got Syracuse. Syracuse is a famous Greek city in right. Sicily. Yep. And beyond that, to the west, yep. there's this valley, which is basically littered with temples. Right. All Greek. Wow. Massive. We're mm. talking. We're talking. The the actual pillars would fill this room. One pillar. Right. Straight. And so, this room would be like if you had to describe the dimensions. I'm not really good with dimensions, but this is yeah. Apart what, from, apart two from pillars, two meters by two meters. Yeah. No, yeah. three meters by two meters. Yeah. Apart from pillars would be this big, right? So yeah, that's a standard size. I, I say that like, because I'm recording. Are you? Yeah. Are we back on? I've been recording since we sat down. What are you doing? Because I'm capturing your love of history, you sir. You are. You are. You're and you, the way you talk about it, you can, you can, if you're not True hearing, love. if you're not hearing the passion on the audio, I'm seeing it <laughs> in your face, and it's a joy to hear and see because that's what teaching is about. Excellent. You know, it's it's about. The enjoyment it is delivering your Very passion good. through your your being. Excellent. And I, 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 something I love about our friendship is that one, I'm always learning something. Like and, tonight, and I had no idea Italy had Greek ruins. Well, there you go. That's that's a mind fart explosion. No, not a mind fart. A mind explosion. A mind, mind fart is when it's like. I know. You, it, think, you think Italy? You think Rome? You think that's yeah, Latin? Yeah. Greek, what? Yeah. So, absolutely. But so, then when you say it, it makes sense. Because hmm. they were right there. <laughs> How could they not? They're next door. Yeah, they're yeah, they're right there. Yeah. There's a tiny sea called the Aegean. And, oh, yeah. sorry, that's the other side. There's the Adriatic, the other side. So, yeah, boom. It's all linked. And it's just a small boat trip. Ship trip. Whatever you like to call Ship it. trip. Ship trip. So, anyway, uh, yeah, Archibaldi's. He decided to to extend Athenian power into into Sicily, and um, Socrates would have been the first person to say, 
you know what? Uh, maybe not. This might backfire because people don't like you. And sure enough, the Athenian aristocracy, well, not aristocracy, but the, the, the oligarchs, the top of of the, the, the pile of... The of oligarchs? Greece. Oligarchs. We'll get oh, to that. Wow, that sounds like a comic book character. We'll talk about oligarchs later. They exist today. They're in Russia, the people that have lots of money. So anyway, so right, wow. the, the, the people at the top of the pile of, of Athenian society yeah. didn't like Alcibiades. He was young, he was good looking, he had lots of ideas, and they often worked. They were jealous. They were very jealous, and he got blamed for some ridiculous, uh, you know, petty crimes. Basically, him and his mates were supposed to have smashed up some religious icons, around the city. Right, yeah. These are basically... Don't, don't fuck with gods. You don't fuck with no, gods. No, no. And after that, he got in trouble and he got... Well, there's, there's a, a, a law mm. like that we have for that if you, you go to a church and you... Desecrate it. Yeah, if you Same desecrate. Deal. Yeah, and it's unlawful. Like, you can yeah. get into a lot of shit. Well, that, in those days, you got sentenced to death. Well, yeah. Which is what he did. He got sentenced to death. And he right. ran away to... Athens' enemy, Sparta, and he engineered the greatest defeat that Athens has ever suffered. Ah. Which was... That sounds very typically Greek, though. It was very Greek. Yeah, yeah. It's a Greek tragedy. Yeah. Greek tragedy. So, basically, uh, and then after that, he came back to Athens, welcomed back to solve their problems. He did that for about 10 years. And then finally, again... They, they got pissed off. They got pissed off because he was too too cool for his own boots. And uh, I think they assassinated him. They right. gave him the chop after all. They gave him the chop. It, it took him a while. Well, finally. But, but they got there. He was sort of, it was you know, he always knew that it would catch up with him. He was always sort of moving so, around a lot. I'm too smart and too bloody good looking. Too good looking. For anyway. this bloody, you know. So Socrates, Socrates would have said something, you know, along those lines, like, you know, yeah. um, if you, you know, if if your friend's not, not with you at that time, you know, if you, if you, you know, if you don't share that love, uh, you move on. They'll catch up if if they want to, and that shows if they truly love you. I think he said that. Right. I could be absolutely. We could look that up. We we do have devices. We do have devices. I could did, I could be completely wrong. Did you want to look it up? You actually, I will. You're 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 here. You got let's let's technology of my fingers. Let's do that. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Oh, let me unlock that for you. You unlock this, that. This iPad that I have. Yeah. That I I keep locked because honestly, there's nothing to be locked, but you know. Bad habits. So after after a um, an interval and a quick run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we so did we decide that we didn't actually announce that there's a break. So in editing, I'll go back and I'll say, well, we have a little break now, and Excellent. now this is why the conversation has suddenly turned loose. Um, and yeah, and you've you've you let loose, and you yeah. gave us a story. We we'll, we'll talked about love, we we'll um, about love in a different form. Yes, and you've expressed love. Yeah. So, and it's been fun to watch and listen. Thanks, thanks. I'm so <laughs> so happy that I've entertained you. Oh no, oh, I'm I'm always entertained. You you found my Pornhub. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some weird not, fish porn going on there. I did not find you. That's why I can't give up me. I didn't just find yet. you porn. Yeah, that the correct answer. Yeah. Okay, already gold. An unexamined life is not worth living. Oh yes, well that's the classic. The classic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My favorite. Uh, I know that I'm intelligent because I know that I know nothing, and I've often thought that. That yeah, that. Not not that I know that I'm intelligent, but I often thought that I know nothing. When but I was that's yeah yeah no, but that's that's true, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think something about keeping yourself humble is also something that keeps you wanting to absorb information and keep on learning. So I think as soon as you say, all right. I know, and therefore I don't need to know anymore. Then you've cut yourself off. You've said, um, "I'm done. I'm done with absorbing information." Uh, you're right. Absolutely. I'm just. I'm sorry if I'm being quiet, but I'm just actually reading through some some quotes from Socrates, and um, I love how the translation here they've allowed for. God to be used. Well, oh yeah, he wouldn't have said. Well, God. yeah, we, we we give a lot of faith to translators, and we have to be careful mm. with our translations. We do have to do our homework a bit. We do, we do. Yeah, our prayers should be for blessings in general, for God knows best what is good for us. Well, Socrates would be, wouldn't have talked about God though. He would have said for the gods. No yes. Yeah. Let's just re- let's get that right straight away. Sure. For the gods know best. Christian nonsense here, so place. let me ask you something yes, on 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 the topic of love and yes. on the topic of we are talking about philosophy that seems to be the overarching yep. theme here who would be your favorite philosopher my favorite philosopher of all time like if you had to pick one mm. we can do a top three if you want but if you had to pick one I do like I do like the ancient Greek philosophers uh, but I I also have a lot of time for modern philosophers. Um, so should we do a top three? Okay. All right, top three. Because I think top three is good because top three is manageable. You probably draw the most from a top three. It's probably you probably got a good twenty, but you probably draw the most from a top three. So who's your top three philosophies of all time, any time in history or I have, present? I have to love Nietzsche for his bluntness. Nietzsche, yes. If you if you're gonna shoot someone if you're gonna shoot someone down, Nietzsche's your man. Like you know he's he's a great one. Put someone in their place. Uh, There's a man who had a life and went mad. Yeah, like, he had a life that didn't go too well at the end. Yeah. I love Socrates. I think Socrates is brilliant. Um, what do you think? Third third favorite. Hmm. I don't know, that might be a toss-up between... I don't know, how do you feel? Do you, do you, do you write Jung? Do you write who? Jung? You... Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a big Jung, Jungian fan. Are you a Jungian and, fan? Um, I'd probably, if, in my top three, he'd be my third. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of time for Jung. I, I, I really appreciate his... his um, Particularly when it comes to archetypes, I think yeah. he, the way he, um, the way he, you know, 
describes archetypes and the way we look at symbolism in our life really speaks to me because I'm more I'm a big symbol guy. Okay. Um, sure. And that becomes important, and particularly like um, indeed symbols. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. I just remembered I, I was I was going to get you a gift when I was just recently I was overseas and there was there was a gift that I thought I should get for you and it was a symbol, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big symbol guy. I you love the symbols. You didn't get that gift, however. That's okay. So that shows okay. how much I, I Oh fuck you. Yeah, yeah, there was a lack of love. Yeah, um, yeah. Aristotle. Hang on, that's four now. Sorry, yeah, well, I do you like, only have three. Well, I love Aristotle. So, right. what's your three again? So well, I would, I would put. Okay, so yeah, Nietzsche, Bruce Blundell's. Hang on, but what, in what order? Three. If mm. you're doing top three, it has to be a, a one, two, three. Okay, Socrates first. Yeah. Nietzsche, right. and then Aristotle. All right. Mine would be Jung. Okay, Jung first. Because um, a lot of. A, a lot of admirers of Jung are also people I like as well, including Joseph Campbell, draws on Jungian's psychology when he explores mythology. Are we being Eurocentric? Should we? we should we? No, 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 no. We just whoever, whoever, whoever. Confucius, he's great. Really. Yeah, no, no. no it's all, all time, all from around the world. Okay. Love so it. mine is. I'm still stuck on my third, by the way. Right. Uh, so Jung. Yeah. Uh, the second would be Marcus Aurelius. Oh, but... The Stoic. He is... A, yeah, Marcus yeah. Aurelius. Good choice. Um, I'm a big fan of Marcus Aurelius. Um, Marcus I, 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 I own his meditations, and it, they're, they're a joy to read. Marcus Aurelius, if he had lived later, would have been classified as a classic Renaissance man. Yeah. Because he, he did everything. I mean, he was a warrior. Oh, oh the he dude was, did, did everything. Yeah. Um, emperor. He, emperor. Yeah. Philosopher. Yeah. Um, you know, engineer. And yeah. probably rare for an emperor to be as philosophical as he was. True. Um, uh, um, and but my top number one philosopher may be surprising because he's fairly modern. Okay. And that would be Albert Camus. Really. The French Algerian. Yeah. Uh, philosopher. And the reason I think well, he's my he's my number one is a because European. Well, no, he's philosopher. European. Well, well, which one? Who did I say again? Jung, um, Marcus Aurelius, and Albert Camus. Yeah, but he so he French Algerian. Yeah, he's Algerian. French Algerian. Yeah, French Algerian. Yeah, yeah. he was out. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's in the Mediterranean. So. Yeah, yeah, he was French. <laughs> so. But I think what he does perfectly is sum up the the condition of humanity. Yeah. That no philosopher's ever done, including Nietzsche. Um, and it has such resonance, maybe more so today. Okay. And that would be the con the the problem of our I guess an existential problem of suicide and then in that it goes beyond suicide but it's if you remove um uh, uh religious purpose from your life sure or um what are you left with 
Right. If you don't, if you're not answerable to a god or gods, if you don't have to maintain your life for any greater purpose, then why are you maintaining life? Sure. What's the point? Why don't you just end it? Right. He answers the question. Well, that's interesting. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to the French strain as well. Oh, how many? Hang on. So you're going to have no, top no, no, five no. now? We're going to go five? No, we can go five. No. This is just a memorable quote. <laughs> All right. No. Me, no memorable. All right. We're, we're just... A mention. A memorable right, mention. Right. Uh, 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 what do they call it? Honourable. Honourable mention. Okay. Before we, before we do that, I'm just going to recap with the Socrates quote about love. Those who are hardest to love need it the most. What's that? Is it the second? Those who are hardest to love need it most. Yeah, well, sure. It's a fair sure. and yeah, uh, yeah. I love that. I love Socrates' simplicity. It's um, all right, so... S- simplicity and complexity. I mean, we, we name Socratic questioning after him after all. Yeah. Um, I wish I could find that, that quote about leaving people behind. If they like you or if they love you, then they'll catch up. That's brilliant, I love that. But anyway, um, speaking about French philosophers who... Yeah, let me grow that for a sec, because I'll... challenge and, and certainly disturb us at the same time. So, you're talking about... Uh, reaching a point where... the decision should be made to end everything to, to end one's life. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're not answerable to um some some greater creator. Yeah. If if your life is yours mm. and you don't have to preserve it for anybody or anything, sure. then why don't you just destroy it? What's the purpose? Purpose. Why you? Why are you here? Why are you even bothering? Why are you bothering? That's interesting. Uh, I think I think he might have actually delved into some Sardian philosophy. Yeah, and he's he's put into that category with say and Sardin. and another one. I forget. He's got a German sounding name. I forget. Anyway, um, but he's different. He's not existential as oh. much as he's absurdist and there's my favorite word in the world absurd absurd, absurd is an excellent word it, uh, it's a brilliant word because that's well, the name of his philosophy and my, my it, point, there's a fine line sure my, well, my point was okay you brought up uh, absurd beliefs and absurd, absurd ideas uh, and just sorry just to, to quickly yes footnote continue to the famous quote that I quote on my personal Facebook is, should I kill myself or make a cup of coffee? <laughs> uh, and that's, and that is really representative of his philosophy. It's like, do I, do I end right now or do I continue the whole Sisyphean idea of, uh, or, or an example of what life is a bold, us pushing a boulder up a hill only to have it watch it roll down and right. have to push it up yeah, again. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, All right. Well, 
it's interesting you should say, okay, you, you brought this up. So we've, we've, um, we've moved towards a slightly different perception of love. Mm. And, and bring it back any time when you want. No, to... no, I think we should we should carry on where we're going. So, uh, so the Marquis de Sade. We the Marquis de Sade. We, we mentioned. I mentioned. I love the Marquis de Sade. Marquis de Sade. Dirty bastard. He was. He was a naughty boy. He was a dirty, filthy bastard. He was a dirty, dirty boy. Um, his perceptions of love were purely. They were carnal pleasure. They were, they were, love was something. Oh, carnal to the extreme. It, yeah. That's where we get the da- word saddest. Yeah, yeah oh. absolutely. So he basically had a concept that, um, I mean, the starting universe was interesting. <laughs> there's, a, there's only there's only so much that you can do wrong because. What is wrong? Yeah, well that, it's subjective. Isn't it's it? subjective. Yeah. So, and of course, later, well, people later, after Desaad lived, uh, took his his writings to the extreme and uh, used them in a very negative way, but. His points were, were interesting. So, you know, you can, you can do what you want. You know, you can do whatever you want. And you can question yourself as to what is wrong. And his point of view was, well, there are no limits. Go beyond. And I find it hard to make a... Uh, when I think of the Marquis de Sade, I, mm. I find it hard to, to, almost, to make it any difference between him and Alistair Crowley to a certain extent. Oh, Crowley. Other than, like, Crowley had obviously the, the, a, a different motivation. He, had more, he was more uh, his religious motivations, where, where the Marquis de Sade was more pure, you know, physical lust, almost. But there's, there, if you're looking at lust or physical attraction, and, and their, their push is very similar. Very it's, similar. It's interesting to bring up Crowley, yeah. They did have similar points of view, and similar views to sexuality. Um, I use lust for a lack of a better word. There's no, a like, better word well, there. Well, that, that's exactly how the Marquis would have put it. Crowley would have put it in a different way. He would have said, "You know, we're reaching a different height of consciousness." Yeah, yeah. By, he was, oh, yeah. By, by entering into these sexual um, though, um, though marathon. That that seems more like a uh, almost an explanation, or like just uh, I'm trying to. It's almost like you know I'm trying to justify what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. You know? Sure. Because you know. No, I, I, I think, I think, um, Crowley, he really, he really believed he was, he was actually channeling, you know, spirits of old by entering into, you know, uh, an orgy or something like that. I mean, you have to remember the, the period he lived in. Again, history helps us, you know, understand these characters, and that 
you know, for example, this we're looking at the Marquis de Sade. Um, so basically, prior to the French Revolution, the Marquis de Sade had, you know, his views were essentially about carnal pleasure and, you know, what carnal pleasure can be, can produce. And it was seen as... And, and also as, pu- pushing pushing the boundaries of socially accepted carnal pleasure. Yeah, exactly, but it, it was... And I'm just putting things in the context historically. So prior to the French Revolution, it was just about sex. And the, the things that he did were... They were it was, sex was, was the main drive. And he experimented with sex and he, he experimented with partners... <laughs> certain things that uh, were socially unacceptable. We can time. be explicit on our. We can, list. we can. Yeah, so, this okay. Is, this has an explicit warning on this podcast. So. Excellent. So, so yeah. you, can, you can be all sweary and. All right. Well, you know, so he experimented with candle wax and he experimented with, you know, so he, he would coerce um, a maid into doing things and then she would be like, yeah, willing and then she would see, okay, this is getting a bit out of control. And sure enough, uh, she would have a great deal of pain soon enough. Um, decide, you know, he was he was really pushing the boundaries of what was normally accepted for the time. However, it was just about sex, and the, every S and M club you could possibly come across wouldn't have found anything that he did truly outrageous. But there was no S and M club. No, no, no. But I'm talking about yeah. in, in a modern perception. Yeah. yeah, yeah. However. He was imprisoned in the Bastille for yeah. his crimes, and sure enough, that actually saved his life. The French Revolution broke out. He was just prior to to the taking of the Bastille. He was actually transferred out of the Bastille, which was was emancipated of sorts through the war. Well, well so he missed out on escaping. Didn't well, he? no, no, he was moved to another another location, but then. Uh, he was actually he actually yelled out the window during during the riots that just before the, the Bastille was, was stormed, but he was moved away from the Bastille at that time. But his name was in the list of, of occupants of the Bastille, so he was seen as <laughs> a political prisoner, and. That saved his life. So when the terror arrived, and he was, you have to remember, he was an aristocrat. He was seen as one of the revolutionaries. Instead of being an aristocrat, and shoved up on the, on the, uh, the podium for the guillotine. Now, he was a witness to the terror. And I think, as he saw the terror, his views about society changed. There was no longer any rules regarding what was right anymore. All of the old establishment was destroyed. The church was deemed subversive by the revolutionary government. The revolutionaries took it upon themselves to 
to take any form of established Bourbon control, anything that was seen as uh, something that, that was exhibited through the ancient regime, as it was called, and completely destroy it. So the, the Marquis, he saw this, and I think that really influenced his writings, and he basically changed from what could be termed as a, just a sexual deviant to a really subversive writer. Yeah, 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 and I actually have one of his. I've got a collection of his writings, um, and in at university got, I studied. Which book have you got? Um, oh, it's just a collection of his. So it's got Josephine. It's got uh, One Hundred Days of Sodom. He's got One Hundred Days of Sodom. Yeah. Um, so that's that's primarily the piece that I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Because, go on, go on. Well, you know, tell I us. I think I've said enough because um, it. You know, I've just basically talked about how. He went from just... I went for a wee-wee while you kept talking. So. I, I noticed. I noticed <laughs> he just buzzed off and I kept... I tried to keep the flag flying. No, so you did. Well done, sir. He, um, he went from just being a, a degenerate... Um, uh, to uh, a, uh, a Bourgeois. Well, no. I, I think he went, he went from... Was he not? A the... transformation because of the terror. The terror actually transformed his writing. But didn't he go a bit beliefs. mad? Well, that well, that's what I was saying. So usually the great thinkers go mad. Well, he he exhibited the terror. Mm. So exhibited. That's terrible. Exhibited the terror. I have had a lot of rhymes tonight, sorry. So he, he, <laughs> <laughs> well, you that's is that not incorrect though? He did exhibit the terror. No, 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 no. I'm trying. I'm trying to say he was. That's what he called his penis. I exhibit. The terror. Le, le terror. And he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't too fussy about who ex- he saw the terror yeah. or experienced the terror. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll leave yeah. it there. Leave it there. Um, I. Uh, <coughs> oh, coffee. Um, yeah, I. I tend to. Th- interesting. I don't know. I make that tie between him and Crowley quite quickly. Reminds sure. me of um. His sort of his brand of literature reminds me of a poem of Alistair Crowley's, and Alice. I've got a collection of Alistair Crowley's. Do you think poems, Crowley actually just studied the South work? Oh, possibly. Um, he he writes a poem about uh, Cecilia's farts and how they smell, smell sweet. Interesting. Which is very similar to Mozart because Mozart was had a very he had a bit of a fart fetish as and well. And let's let's move even further. Joyce. Oh yes, James Joyce. Yes, he had a fart fetish for his, for his cousin or something, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure, sure it was, it was his cousin. So fart me, Nora. Fart me. <laughs> your farts. My potatoes. You, 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 your farts make me horny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I don't get that. That, I was don't. Not, that was not an Irish accent. Sorry, that was yeah. an Irish accent. It was terrible. So I'm not. that. I'm clearly not a fetishist. I, huh. I, I, I don't. You know, I, I actually like my farts because of the relief they give me. Not so much the smell, Great. but yeah, I've Excellent. never been a sniffer of farts. You know. No. And Crowley was definitely one. Really? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have read a poem called Cecilia Farts. It's all about how it smells better than roses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you just mentioned that. Cecilia Farts. What about Bissell? Oh, well, man, he writes about kids eating shit. Farts aren't too too far away from that. But that's more about the barriers just being, like, the barriers are gone. Yeah, but, you know. Because I was just saying, like, the reason... But there's, there's something there... Come on. Possibly. Come on, possibly. Possibly. No, I'm just saying the reason Desaad wrote all those things and decided that the society, you know, there are no barriers anymore is because he watched his entire peer class just being shoved up on... You know, yeah, a, but he's not completely removed. He, he, he There's there's a psychology reason. there that's very different. Now, very... Uh, no, but don't you think there was a push, change? pushes lust to an, a different extreme, to the point where... Oh, it, 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 it He revels in no, in look, the pain of others. Look, look, look at the... Yeah, okay, that certainly existed. But I'm saying prior to the terror, it was just about, you know, pushing the boundaries as far as sex is concerned. After the terror, look at where his writings went. It was just like, there are no barriers, you do what you want. Um, if you want to shag um, whatever you want, but that's where we are now, though. Like it's. Um, don't you and, think? Don't you think there was a shift because of what he saw? I mean, he literally. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. You know, witnessing. You know, you have to remember these. These are the people that he knew, and was, their heads were rolling. And he was just oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh, watch, watch age it. of the guillotine, man. Yeah, yeah, he so. watched it. Yeah, yeah. Was well, he, he was lucky. His head wasn't on the. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, that's the irony of it, you know. Yeah, he came close. Outrageous writing. It saved his life. Mm. So you know, he saw his entire peer class being destroyed by a team. He witnessed to it. Heads pop And he just went, "Hey, I'm just going to do whatever yeah. I want and write about whatever I want." And in fact, but it's not just what he wanted. It's what he wrote. Yeah, but that's... It like, I'm just going to... Well, I'm going to write what I want about, you know, fairies and goblins. It's like, I want people hurting and yeah. being... Um, because of what he saw. Don't you think that exposing, was, a, was cause and effect? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely, of course. Yeah. Well, that's natural, isn't it? Natural, I think so. i got a quote. All right, sure. It's completely it. changing things. I'm going back to my favourite right. philosopher. Oh. Uh, it's a quote on love. Love is... The kind, oh, sorry, love is the kind of illness that does not spare the intelligent or the dull. Excellent. And you brought it back to love. I brought it back to love. Succinctly and, yeah, well done. Um, okay. And that was from you? No, Albert Camus. Oh, Camus. All right. Oh. You go back to the French one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I said my favourite philosopher. I was so, going to say you wouldn't have said anything like that. No, no. What would you have Jung said? Yeah. Uh, the symbol of love is... <laughs> yeah, he said uh, a flower? Love? No. The stone. Mm. That was interesting. That, that history and that, that, that relationship between Jung and Freud. Yeah. And Excellent. I love that. Interesting that the, the architects of ego couldn't get past their own to work together. Well, they because, did work together to a point. But then well, they, to a point, and then... There was so much jealousy, you know, because Jung was so wealthy, and, and Freud was always struggling for cash. Um, you know, well, you shouldn't spend them all on cigars. Mm. Maybe a cigar is a paycheck, and not just a cigar. Yeah, maybe. And Jung was wealthy. He was really wealthy. He was Swiss, correct? 
I think I believe so. Oh, Austria. Yeah, I believe Swiss. I can look it up. Yeah, he was Swiss, and of course Freud just lived in Austria. Yeah, okay, sure. But yeah. I'm pretty sure that, that Jung was extremely wealthy by this time. I always wondered why his red book. But it's so expensive. Is it? You can get like a an abridged version for about right. 100 bucks. But like, you're looking at a few hundred at least for a, a decent translation of the red book. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Is that about his time when he worked in, in uh, the, the sanitarium, I believe it was? Oh, possibly, yeah. Okay, that would be great okay. reading. See, he, he had an affair. He did an affair with the oh, with yeah. patients. Oh, yeah. He had a couple of affairs. He also had a big family. It's quite odd, yeah. And I think I think Freud was also jealous of his relationship because he was so so conservative in that respect. It's like he he would just pass comments on it. <laughs> oh, I think this is an outburst of emotion. We're having sex with so many people. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 when it's an, about your mother. <laughs> analyzation becomes just an attack, really. Mm. You know? mm. It's no longer about, you know... I think you really didn't love mother. Yeah. Shut up. I'm just having fun. Not everything has to be a fetish, Freud. Yeah, yeah. Silence, Freud. Yeah. You're boring me. I make more money than you. So coming back round to... Yes. Right back round. Mm-hmm. To the... Where to we the beginning? Start, where we started. And we were talking... As in love, it could be completely... Um, expelled. What are we concluding? What are we coming to here? As in, between two monogamous people. Yeah. A monogamous relationship. Uh, well, well, that that was the that was the initial question. Right? Yeah, and what 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 do you surmise? What do you, what do you what do you bring to the service? Um, surface. I think it's an, I think it's an unnatural. It's an it's an, an unnatural state to be in to totally expel. Um, love for another human being. So you're in in agreement with the great literature writers and most well, everyone else who's ever explored the idea of suppressing love is that it's, it's it can't be suppressed. It can't be, or it, if it is, it's unnatural, and either you fight it or you you die. Miserable. Really, yeah, miserable essentially. Yeah, I think. Um, I Is think that depressing? That we can't overcome this thing because if we did, we might be on a different level of consciousness. <laughs> that was my initial question. So, if if we that's were, why I'm bringing it all the way around, <laughs> brother. If we were able to do that, if we were able to just expel this feeling from our consciousness. Could we live a better life, a, a better life, a more fulfilling life? Because, um, and again, I apologise to our, our listener. 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 <laughs> Perhaps. Plural. Again, hello, Josh. May, maybe, maybe plural. It could be an extra. Josh and friend. Josh and friend. Listeners. Uh, so much energy is used in trying to to understand. The one we love. It's, it, is it waste? Is it a waste of energy? You do so much more with with our very being if we could focus it on. But then, isn't that not subjective? 
Again, that brings it back to unless the fact that until unless it co- becomes life. a collective. Like, as we all... Is it meaningless to live a life like that? Is it, yeah. is, it, is it something hollow and sad? I think it would be. Um, Has anyone done it? Well, that's what I'm saying. These Tibetan monks that have you know a, a, a life, but they kind of look happy. But they do they wank off? Do they wank off? Do they like have? Well, wank time? Is there a wank room? Like I like... don't know if they if they do. There must be time. like a little release room. Like I'm a... sure that 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 so they don't get rapey or anything. Would be more lenient towards that sort of thing than a 13th century uh, monk living or your average Christian cult. Or your average Christian cult. I'm thinking that a a Buddhist would would have already reached some form of higher consciousness through meditation and they they would understand how to control their feelings with regard to and that's really the, important isn't it the, like the, the, the control of feelings of I don't think that's what we're taught that was called bandage yes yeah, sorry I cut through it yeah. but yeah that's well right. done clap clap thank you um, no but don't you think like but it, yeah go on so I was just saying, Sorry, I was on something too, but anyway. The, t- the Tibetan monk yeah. has actually reached a point where he he's beyond that. I don't know. I've not met a Tibetan monk. I I had a um I had a bit of a Buddhist history a little bit when I was exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bit of fundamentalist Christian experiences through my early to late teens Mm. and then rejected it and because i was told crystals were bad and then i ended up living across the road from a crystal shop and i fell in love with crystals and um (laughs) and then i learned about the new the new age and we learned pretty quickly how wanky that was and um just thought you know what i can enjoy crystals without this bullshit attached to it it's it just minerals produced by the earth. I'm cool with. We don't have to attach. Well, this is actually means that you know you can cleanse your you know pretend whatever of some other pretend whatever. I don't need to create problems. I just need to enjoy the rock. Let me enjoy the rock. Um, that's it. They look cool. I just want. They look cool. I, like I want to wear it. I just like them. Back off with all the bullshit. Yeah. Um, look, putting them in my house is not going to cure me. But that kind of led to exploring Buddhism, and I I, I mm. did I met some Buddhists. I went to like seminars and shit, and um, you know I, I went to one where who, I, it may have been from Tibet. I don't know. I can't even really remember. I remember that he had he had to be interpreted. Oh sure. And um, it was all, but the problem with I found with Buddhism it was like pu- like proper Buddhism. It was really heavy. Like yeah. it was like yeah, it was like. You had to symbolically kill your family and kill your connections, your, your, That's what I'm and all this about. sort of shit. That high like, sense of, of of consciousness has allowed them. To but be, you, you say higher sense of consciousness, and they is. may say that too. I don't. It is necessarily. There is no quite buy into that idea. I, it's, look, it is. It is. You can you can call it higher consciousness, but, but it's no just an idea. Deology. Sure. It's a no belief. You can't prove you're on a higher level than me. You just believe something else, and that 
feels good for you. Okay, you're looking at it. But you're missing out on other things, whatever. Yeah, because you're looking at it primarily from a Western perception. Oh, because I'm I I have that Western perception. How sure. how else am I gonna look at it through? That's an Eastern perception. They look at it differently. You know, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not but a Buddhist. Again, but, the, but, I'm not a Buddhist and but, I'm not but philosophies come from to, all around the world. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not an inherent to Buddhism. I'm no, me neither. Like, that, that good luck they, to you. That they have reached a point where they actually understand that if they create this 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 new lifestyle, this, this entirely new perception, they can live without the corruptions of our world. But then the, the, that, again, is a judgment. Corruption is sure. it, it's a detrimental world. It, 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 it's saying, well, certain things are bad and some things are good. Mm-hmm. Well, who's to say that their belief is good or bad? And why, why even use that, that language? Like, mm-hmm. That's just a philosophy and we have another philosophy and there's others with other philosophies it's what works for people and if Mm. that works for them then best of luck good luck to you enjoy go nuts literally or or metaphorically however you want to do it yeah find your way um that's fine but i'm I'm just saying but i i get what you're saying it is a way but to me I, I guess we can only speak from our own biases because sure. that's all we have I, and that's all I have. And my example. experience from my short-lived Buddhist life, because <laughs> I went to, I remember I went to Buddhist house down yeah. um, Anzac Highway. Um, I, I, I read some stuff. Uh, I thought for a while I was, I was going to like rock the Buddhist world until I realized if you're going to go full Buddhist... It's not so fun. Um, I was like, you know what, you know, I don't, I don't want to shed me, you know, quite like the ego. I, I'm, I'm quite cool being me. I'm not ready to give up well, that's the, the my identity. That, that, that's why it's quite a pure form of... Pure again, that language, that language I've got a problem with. What's so pure about going, yeah, we could, you could almost exchange pure for... You could almost say idiotic. You could almost say denial. It's a how you choose and what viewpoint you take. Yeah, I don't know if you want to go pure. Well, that's... That's a judgment. That's a judgment call that you have no basis on. Yeah. You, you can say, well, they live a certain way. They seem a certain way. They use a certain language. Therefore, A equals B. But sure. who's to say that's really true? Look, I'm... Look. Is to say they got I'm not, like I'm a, a cachet of kitties they molester under. No, I'm going really dark there. Gone really dark. I, I, I understand that, and I'm almost sick that I'm even mentioning it. I'm just saying, who's to say there's not a cachet of whatever somewhere that they're not doing some dark shit with, getting a bit marky to start, if you like. Bringing it back around. Bringing it back around. Just saying, it's all about perspective and the way we use language. That's all. Look, That's all. That's all. I'm not, I'm not... I drank some rum. I drank some rum. You have. I drank some rum. And... I blame, I blame the rum. And rum is good. I'm just saying that, that they exhibit a way of life that 
is clearly simplistic and they've expelled things from their lives that would be seen would be deemed by by them as subversive and one of them is love okay and one of them is well it's it's not it's it, they haven't they haven't they're just redirected love though yeah 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 that's yeah exactly i'm talking about lovers in between two two people yeah yeah so um they exactly redirected love towards love for all things yeah that that's the buddhist model and of course there are you know it's pretty extreme when you think about it i mean they do they do basically take it upon themselves to say that's it everything outside of, of this this new consciousness is dead to me so what would be the philosophy then if they changed the direction if the direction of love wasn't on anything else other than oh, human direction, what if it what if it was only, if the same philosophy but completely directed in only human interaction? You have like a mess. Napoleon, or whatever, where they're from? Where? Who? What? Naples? No, not Naples. <laughs> the Buddhists. Tibet. Tibet. That's right. <laughs> Naples. Um. I, you know, I, I, I thought of sex. I went straight to Italy. Okay. Um, Clearly, the second half of this this, this podcast is more. Second more half of about an hour twenty five. Is more entertaining than the first. So look. No, no, but um, no, no, no. Hang with me here for a second. No, no. What no. if they redirected the love just to human beings? That's fine. In Tibet, then what you'd see would double the population, and. You know, a greater world power. I'm just saying they don't really hold much in the world power situation. No, because they would the... once they started fucking each other. I'm just saying. Well, under the thumb of a large nation. Well, then there'd be too many of them to for them to be a thumb under because they'd be multiply. Just saying. Just saying. Maybe just saying. Throwing it out there. Been drinking rum. And they wouldn't have horrible Chinese. Yeah, I, I clearly have no historical context, which I'm basically someone just... Yeah, that was outrageous. It's, it's probably horribly insensitive. It was. And to all the Tibetan monks out there who are listening, I apologise sincerely. I love you all. I, but then I, you don't really care because maybe I should love a... I, for one... No, a cockroach or something. That, uh, the Chinese have been terrible to you. Anyway, uh, no, the question... I, but they do just, have just, nice food. Just want to bring it back. Just want to bring it back. The Chinese. Yeah, they do. But they're fuckers to Tibetans. Yeah, sorry, so, Tibetan. Uh, just want to bring it back. They've reached this point. They don't have to worry about things that we have to go through as regarding. But we live in a different system. We do. We I'm live just in. Saying, we live in the rat race. Is their life without this this thing that we? That we have, yeah. This, this love, but, but would love be different outside of a different discourse, different social construct? We live in a particular Western construct of life, where we have a nine-to-five job. We we have to pay taxes. We have mm. to do certain things in a certain way at a certain time. But if we experience the same love, say between two people or you know yeah. two people with kids whatever mm-hmm. in a different situation would that be 
different without without the same expectation societal expectations would that change your perception or or the initial question that you start with yeah okay does our environment affect the love we have for one another or the love that we want with a particular other well there you hit, you hit the nail on the head so love is needed I think to get through those things to get through through the, the grind of the day through the rat race through the rat race exactly that's, a that's the that's to the to sad the though isn't it really we need love to get through this existence okay you're, okay, you're digressing there a bit but you've asked the question love is needed but you know love is needed in true Socratic form let's digress we can't let's we're progress good. let's digress let's go all grass no, we let's rest in every direction no, we have to finish <laughs> oh we have to conclude so we'll conclude on that note you shall we shall we finally end at almost an hour and a half I think that's good I think yeah some uh, some editing is needed but however you I, I, you know what I'm thinking just let, let it go raw let it go raw <laughs> fuck editing Get the full experience. You're right. Yes, the you're right. ups and downs of a, a, a true conversation between two friends talking, drinking some rum. The, may I say, may I say, may I call this the first rum recordings? Shall we dub these the rum recordings? We then we shall. No. These shall be known as the rum recordings. Okay. Which just means if we ever very, do very this again, we... Yeah, we we, well, they can't because hands are out because it's a recording. Style. They can't see your hands. John you can, is, you can describe it. is holding his hands out In almost as way. if he's holding two imaginary s- s- spherical testicles. In his. <laughs> no, it was it was it was a biblical uh, Christian stance. And I no, I, I I distinctly imagine testicles. And I'm just gonna um, say, one is. Yeah, one hand is is wrong. Well, yeah, left left is usually a bit lower than the other. And one hand would hold the mixer that goes with the rum. So basically, these would be the rum recordings, and the only problem is we have to keep drinking rum every time we do these. Yeah, so that, that, that's unless it. you're part of the 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 proper canonical recordings. No, no, no. There'll always be the rum recordings. You just now. want to be part of the rum recordings. That's it. All right. Well, then I think we've created. A, a niche for niche. ourselves. So these are the rum recordings, and thank you for listening. Uh, I think we've we've reached an ending, and and that's the end, guys. So if you you like this, let us know. Uh, send us an email, askforpod at hotmail.com. Follow our our uh, whatever you call it. I'm, I've been drinking some rum. Uh, our social media. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, the the other one, Ask for Pod. You know what to do. Just search it, find it, get involved. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Um, it's been fun. It's been, it, well, you know, it's been what it is. Yeah, indeed. All right. So we've decided. Yeah, we have said that um, love is needed. And and let us know your thoughts if you if you've actually gone to the. Oh, that, that's not part of the recording, that's just the computer. 
if you got gotten this far, <laughs> uh, let us know your thoughts on love and whether you feel it's needed or not. Or not. Okay, well, from, from me, it's goodbye. And from me, goodbye. All right.